Ladies and gentlemen, episode 268, another week, another tax increase for developers. They just keep layering it on out. More cost increases for developers just approved by Metro Vancouver <laughs> Board of Directors, I mean Board of Dictators, Board of Directors uh, this past week. So in the spirit of the current housing climate of getting more houses built, likely fraud, we just keep finding these little nuggets of actions speak louder than words. And I was surprised to see this one because this is actually one that's been going on for a while. Um, interestingly enough, the federal government has been putting pressure on Metro Vancouver to not do this increase, if you can believe it. Surprising, the feds telling the municipalities not to charge more taxes. These, these, these things that I never thought I would see just keep coming up. So Metro Vancouver, for all of you who don't know, basically as far east as like Maple Ridge and Alder Grove, south to the border and then everything else in between. So all of these municipalities collectively make up Metro Vancouver. So the DCCs, development cost charges, are fees that are imposed, some of the fees, as we've discussed in the, in the weeks prior, to, uh, with regards to construction, to developers, have been tripled now in Metro Vancouver with this. So development cost charges, we've talked about that, but what is that? Dictionary, uh, fees paid by developers based on buildable square footage to the city for parks, child facilities, social and nonprofit housing, and engineering infrastructure. I thought that's what our property taxes and income taxes paid for. Negative. Those go elsewhere, apparently, into the pockets of the many city workers we have. No, I'm just joking. They do, but that's not what we're going to focus on today. So um, some other notes here on um, another charge that our beautiful city is not letting up with to the developers to get new product built in this apparent housing uh, crisis are CACs, community amenity contributions. So quick note here, in the past 10 years, community amenity contributions, which run hand in hand with uh, these DCCs, development cost charges, development cost levies, it's all the same thing. Uh, they're taxes to developers uh, as a carrot to allow them to develop. We need to get this stuff done, so we're gonna charge you to do it because we don't have enough money. Um, or physical competence, I would say, but we don't have enough money to do it, so we need it done. So if you wanna build your tower and sell them to our market, you're gonna play by our rules and you're gonna do these things for us first. So uh, CACs, DCCs, essentially the same thing from the market's perspective, a tax, but to niddle down a little bit here, um, past 10 years, uh, community many contributions, CACs, and development cost levies, DCLs, help secure, so in the last decade, uh, side note, DCCs have been in place in Vancouver since 1977 now. Can you believe it? That is four years before I was even a thought. So they've been around for a while. The government has had this in to developers, but of course, immigration and popularity of the city and so on and so forth, as development has grown over the years, we've all seen those pictures of Expo 86 and what downtown looked like pre to today. Um, they got in just in time decade early to then see those numbers 
roar, if you will. But anyway, last 10 years, um, they've helped secure 3,200 social housing units, 870 licensed care spaces, 37 new expanded cultural, recreational locations, libraries, uh, and social facilities across Vancouver. So all, a lot of city amenity that you're seeing when you're driving around the city is directly paid for by these developers, not your beautiful uh, income tax terraced rate system, not your GST and PST on everything you buy, but from your neighborhood developer. So say thank you the next time you're walking by a development site. 50% of the city's 2023 to 2026 capital plan is funded through development contributions. So we have structural, nice way to put it, tax access from the city to developers that has worked directly into the plan to keep the city moving. So that is nothing, side note, and the reason I bring this up, that has been a thought of being touched in this whole housing crisis. Um, they're not, as we've seen in, in weeks past, they're trying to apply pressure to get municipalities to do things, but they are removing none of the red tape, none of the taxation, which is the only way they will actually get more homes built. So do all this, but we still want ours too. Um, so 50% over the next three years, which is interesting. In many ways here, again, this is through Business in Vancouver article from July. In many ways, the DCCs and CACs have become a mechanism by which to fund infrastructure on the part of the municipalities without having to resort to broad tax base increases. Because you're basically pinning it on the new construction. Uh, at the same time, looking at it through the lens of affordability, it makes a significant contribution to what a purchaser is paying for on the bottom line. Common sense, more red tape, more tax, bigger price. The developer will not take a hit on their money. They are a conduit in getting the money from the bank magically turned into homes for the people. They want a percentage, they will get it. If the government wants to make it more difficult over here, taxes, red tape, ridiculous interest rate hikes, um, that is just gonna be passed on. The housing is not gonna get cheaper, the housing is gonna become fewer, and those fewer homes will be more expensive. So you say, where's all that other money going? Will we default automatically to, yes, you can manipulate kind of potentially your income tax exposure, depending on what kind of job you do, but you can't manipulate as easily your property tax exposure. Where the hell's the property tax going? The property tax is run, as we've talked about in the past as well, by something called a mill rate. So the property tax, your assessed value, which your property tax is based on, is not a reflection of your market value. The amount of property tax you pay is based on the budgeting prowess of the city that you are in, they have what's called a mill rate. I suggest you Google that. They build a budget. They divvy up the budget by way of all the homes in their municipality. And they have their metrics, which gives each home a tax value and tax amount owing. So those numbers uh, additionally have been guaranteed to be increasing, I believe, up from six to 9% in the, last th or the next three years. So again, we need more taxes. Um, the, the money that's obviously here uh, worked out through the mill rate, 
on your property taxes, again, goes to the city as part of their pot of keeping the lights on, for lack of better phrases, and the cities are all saying, we need more money. We need more money for infrastructure. We've got more people than we can handle. We need to keep building to prepare for the future people coming as well as the current people. We need more money. Where do we get it from? Developers are the ones on the chopping block this week. But again, slowly but surely over the next three years, you've got property tax increases as already stated. And this money is expected from these people. So again, it's worked at, 50, at the level of 50% into their budgeting plans moving forward. So you can also see how they have so much reliance now on this new development. When that gets cut, as it has, because of other circumstances taking place, it's too expensive, money's too expensive, so on and so forth, what's gonna happen to that 50% budget when it turns into 25%? I don't know, more taxes are gonna go up, affordability is gonna go down, up, down. Harder to pay for things. Back to this. So the board of the Metro Vancouver has put this increase on hold. Uh, we talked about this uh, two weeks ago. For the past year, due to concerns raised by the federal government. Um, but alternatively went ahead and said to the big guys up top, we're doing it, we need the money, and we're not going to listen to your two cents of holding it and we are going to go right ahead. Now, there's a little bit more of a story about that specific hold and why and what that cost them shortly. But to give you an idea, typical wood frame condo development in Vancouver, the fees represent 29.25% of a unit's final purchase price today before increase. This is also interesting. Again, dating back to they're going to eliminate, what is it, HST or G GST? I can't remember, for rental housing specifically we're going to alleviate, I believe it was HST, um, sorry I believe it was, I can't remember. They removed a tax for specific rental built uh, residents. This touches on that, total cost of government fees representing 32.72% of rent that end users pay in typical wood frame purpose built rental development in Vancouver. So 30% of fees, you're not getting away from it now either when these new rental buildings are done to assist with affordable housing, affordable options, 32.72% of that rent is all tax and all fees. We know rent has done nothing but go up in the last handful of years. That market increase is layered onto this base case of 33% straight to the government. Why isn't that being amended on the private market side? The residents that people are purchasing. Uh, it just makes more sense. Again, pull it off. So this number, the 32.72, is going to go down slightly um, on the rentals, but not on the market homes. That's what I was looking for. City of Vancouver adjusts the DCC. So this was the, uh, the uh, sorry, no, it's not. City of Vancouver adjusts the DCCs last September, uh, as it does each year. Again, increases each year. They put this off for the last year. Of course, last year, as we all know, was a little bit uh, interesting. So they put it and now they've done it. Uh, for high density residential projects, the DCC rate is 343 a square foot or about 32,000 for every thousand square foot of feet of new home. Uh, so for example, fees on townhomes in Vancouver will raise from 10,000 today to 30,800 in 2027. So that's going up three times, 300%. Vancouver residential DCC's rates are the lowest compared to some suburban markets, but the city also levies 
community amenity contributions. So don't worry, they're gonna get their money anyway. That adds thousands of dollars uh, to the developer's costs per unit as well. CACs, um, which are a cash payment or a donation of park space, childcare spaces, or other amenities, social housing as we discussed with the 8X last week, um, and also being charged in some suburban municipalities. So if Vancouver's getting away from it, we, Port Coquitlam, want to do it. We, Delta, want to do it. Um, so they see these points of access for these municipalities to gouge the developers even further, so they don't have to pay for their own amenities, they can just put the developers on the hook. But what does that do? We've had this issue of remembering this phrase before, Al. One tide raises all boats. <laughs> I gotta Google that before the next goddamn thing. Anyway, um, so, oh, it's just residential, or it's just new housing. Aren't those just for speculators? They should pay more. No, because everything in the market is comparable. We're running on comparables here. So the new market, if there's a lot of new inventory in the neighborhood bringing it up, that's gonna bring the price of the used stuff up as well. So it's all reflective here. So again, you can see that the structural increasing of all of these tax bases is, the, is, is fundamentally in place and not being pulled out of place because the municipalities are somehow out of money, even though we are taxed at the highest points ever, they need to get in. And the, the biggest cash cow, of course, any municipal, municipality has is its real estate. How much density do you want over here? How many units are you gonna build? The more you build, the more upfront leverage we as the city to give you that density need to see, and the more units you build, the more back-end density we get to see in the form of tax dollars coming in. New federal housing minister Sean Fraser warned Metro Vancouver about making this move ahead of the vote, suggesting it could cause senior government to rethink house funding. What does that mean? Uh, so the proposal with Metro Vancouver was to uh, increase its DCCs by roughly 23,000 for new family home, 21,000 for new townhouse, and 14,000 for new apartment. That was the proposal that was on hold for a year and just got passed. Um, an example of fees in townhouses in Vancouver, again, will rise, we just said, from 10,000 to 30,000, uh, and that's over the next three years. That's the forecasted proposal. So as we talked about two videos ago, the proposal of the DCCs uh, two months ago was discussed, again, episode 265. Uh, the government pulled their funding. We remember that Surrey and Burnaby was going to get funding from the federal government housing accelerator fund. What is that? That's a $4 billion fund that the federal government is holding up here saying, if you do what we want you to do, we're gonna inject money into your municipality to allow you, to assist you to build more housing because we're in a housing crisis. So we didn't know back then, what did Burnaby and Surrey miss out on from the fund because Metro Vancouver Board of Directors chose to go forward with this proposal? Burnaby and Surrey were going to be and had pulled funding of $138 million from the accelerator fund uh, for new affordable housing projects. So you can see there's a little bit of a, an issue here. If you've got a guaranteed $138 million on the table, and then over here you've got the raising of $10,000 per unit, which was their 
proposed increase on the DCCs. And that is dependent on the market building said units, which is at, I don't remember, it's not an all-time low, but dramatically affected. I don't have that chart in front of me. Um, we know new building has come to almost a complete halt uh, based on the interest rates, which is pretty straightforward and we've been discussing for years now. Um, you would think that the faster way to get cheaper homes or assistance is by going through the federal housing accelerator when they're just gonna hand you a check for 138 million, but no, they said, we're gonna go ahead and increase and do what we need to do, want to do on the ground here. And of course, Mr. Fraser has extracted that $138 million offer off of the table and is now gone for now. He has not stated that it's never coming back. He said, we're gonna sit back and watch. But at this point, that mechanism has taken place. Fed said, don't do it. They did it anyway, 138 million off the table. Doesn't seem too smart, especially in a housing crisis, which we're apparently in. So with this, uh, a young Poco mayor, Brad West, I've got some quotes from him in here, uh, says he feels these fees are needed. Okay, he's referencing the increase in Metro Vancouver, because again, Port Coquitlam in Metro Vancouver, all municipalities bundled together are layering, blanketing these DCC fee increases in. Um, I do feel these fees are needed and says the government's concern is not about affordability. Rather, I think it's about politics. Get that man a scotch, y'all. What do you know? Someone from the inside speaking the truth. I agree with the mayor. And the idea of the federal government framing their concern around affordability is somewhat laughable. Get that man a goddamn cigar out. Jesus. Again, government lip service. Actions speak louder than words. He obviously sees it. I'm very proud of the young man for stating it publicly. Uh, he goes on to say, this is just the last, the latest iteration. I don't believe for one minute that delaying or scrapping the DCC would result in one iota of affordable housing being built, not one, and I welcome someone to prove me, someone proving me otherwise. Obviously, I also agree. You put prices up, it's gonna resist the market from taking steps. The market had already stopped taking steps because the Bank of Canada has destroyed the flow of money with their astronomical interest rate increases. So you see how municipalities, let me get to that in a second. Uh, he goes on to say, and this is final, in recent years, Port Coquitlam has had the lowest development charges in the region while not having the most affordable housing prices. As a result, he explains that developers didn't hesitate to sell units at market values and take home better profits. Well, of course, uh, if there's a growing suburb, developers have their people on the ground and they're choosing very, very accurately and specifically where to buy uh, and Yes, they have taken advantage of that. There's been development take place there. But of course, any resistance you add into the equation, more costs, that is going to be more resistance for developers to do something. And when they choose to do it again, those costs are just getting forwarded on to the buyer. So in his neighborhood specifically, um, just as a side note, a 33% increase on DCCs was given out in Port Coquitlam in 2022. So now, DCCs on a new detached house in Port Coquitlam, 60,000 off the top 
to the municipality, new duplex or fourplex, 40,000 off the top, and a new condo, uh, sorry, new townhouse, 35,000, new condo, 23,000. So you can see how, in closing, the federal government has a narrative. They're trying to impose narrative down the pyramid. The municipalities have a narrative and needs themselves, because we all know we've never met a municipality that can spend money accurately. It's just like giving your kids an allowance or a credit card. When it's endless and the tax dollars just keep coming in, do they have to be responsible? Yeah. They should be. They'll get voted out if they're not, but there's a big period in the middle once they get voted in to when they are vulnerable enough to get voted out that they can just play the game. So they have a narrative, and then, of course, there's that provincial narrative, and then, of course, there's that municipal narrative that are actually on the ground, the local mayors like Mr. West, who have their neighborhoods that they're in charge of. So all these are umbrellaed, of course, by our beautiful Bank of Canada. Now, I once thought that Mr. Trudeau's team and Mr. Macklin's team were in cahoots, but we've just seen Mr. Macklin come out and say all of this government spending is extremely inflationary and not helping the situation. So if they were as tight together as I once thought they were, I don't think those words would have been said, but criticizing the government's uh, from within on all fronts as we're seeing today is the narrative and we love seeing it but as you can see we've got this huge pyramid of needs here Bank of Canada federal provincial municipal they all have their own wants they all have their own needs and at this point they are all very conflicted so we're seeing a lot of lack of movement hesitation money being put down and pulled up as we saw last week zoning being put down and pulled back rates are up the bank of canada is trying to kill the economy the federal government is trying to give money out with stipulations to raise the economy municipalities are trying to stay afloat because they are out of money where do they get their taxes from the mayors the neighborhoods just want more development to take place but if you're going to do so we need those tax dollars all jumbled up into what we like to call Canada. So, it's just very interesting that all these things yet again are taking place. Writing is on the wall, and aren't we in an affordability crisis? Aren't we in a housing crisis? Shouldn't we all come together and build? Because that's the narrative. We just need more inventory. But don't touch those tax dollars, or nothing's getting done. I will see you in a week.